In this week's podcast, we are taking a lesson from the sermon program, Great Bible Themes by Mike Vestal. This lesson focuses on 2 Timothy chapter 4 in a study of faithful endurance. God wants us to finish our Christian race well and reach our eternal reward of heaven. He wants us to begin what we've started as Christians and finish even better. In this lesson, Mike Vestal presents an in-depth biblical look at how we as Christians can have a strong faith to continually walk in Christ and obtain our ultimate goal. How important it is that we finish well, that we begin what we've started as Christians, and that we finish even better. His name was John Stephen Aquari. He was from Tanzania, Africa. It was the 1968 Mexico City Olympics. John Stephen Aquari was a marathon runner, and he was favored to win a medal. He was one of the favorites to medal. And yet shortly after the marathon began, he stumbled He twisted his knee. He suffered numerous cuts and contusions. And the race continued to be run by the other runners, of course. And the winner won the race. Other men came along. And about an hour later, John Stephen Aquari, with his knee out of joint, with all the cuts and bruises from the fall, He makes his way to the finish line. And people ask him, they say, John Stephen Aquari, why have you done this? Why didn't you just quit the race? You injured yourself. Everyone would have understood. And he told all the people present on that occasion something that's gone down in Olympic history. Mr. Aquari said, My country did not send me here just to compete in the race. My country sent me here to finish the race. And oh, the spiritual application there is in that statement. God is more concerned than even you are that you finish the race well. Paul on one occasion wrote... You did run well. Who did hinder you from obeying the truth? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7. He would write in 1 Corinthians 9 verses 24 through 27, run to win. God is not just concerned that we begin the Christian race. He is even more concerned that we finish what we start, that we finish well. And I believe that the book of 2 Timothy profoundly illustrates that truth. God wants us to finish well. He understands that there's going to be a lot of obstacles, a lot of difficulties in this marathon we call our time on earth. In this pilgrimage, he understands that our citizenship is in heaven and he wants us to as well, Philippians 3 and verse 20. But he wants us to finish strong, to be faithful 
unto death. Revelation 2 and verse 10. To always abound in the work of the Lord for as much as we know our labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. Yes, God, even more than you yourself, is concerned that you finish what you've started. If you've come to Christ, if you are his child, having submitted to the gospel of Jesus in faith and repentance and baptism, God wants you to finish well. That's so important. And in 2 Timothy, Paul illustrates what God desires. When you look at 2 Timothy, it's rightly been said that it is impossible to look at 2 Timothy without something, without something resembling a tear coming to the eyes, a mist coming to our eyes. It is a very moving, it is a very emotional book because Paul is about to face death. Death looms large, it looms certain. He will die a martyr's death. Paul the apostle is Paul the prisoner. And he is very concerned that Timothy and others finish well. He is about to finish his own life, but he is concerned that they finish well. And notice one point from each of the four chapters of 2 Timothy. How that they deal with finishing well. To finish well, we must hold to Christ and his gospel. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13 if you have a Bible handy. The passage says, hold to the pattern of sound words, which you've seen in me, which you've heard from me, in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. If we would finish well, we must hold to Christ and his gospel. From chapter 2, look at verses 2 and 3 as well as verses 8 and 9. We will suffer for the gospel if we would finish well. We must be willing to suffer for the gospel as those times might arise. Paul is in prison. Things look bleak. And yet here this man of God is willing to suffer for the gospel because the Son of God had suffered for his sins. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14, there is the charge not just to hold a Christ in his gospel, to suffer for Jesus and his gospel, but also to continue in Jesus and the gospel. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1 pulls no punches. It says very plainly that perilous times will come. That wicked, that wicked men will wax worse and worse. Verse 13, no matter what others might do, no matter what others might say, no matter what direction others might take, 2 Timothy 3, 14 says, but you... Continue in the things that you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Yes, to finish well, we must continue in Christ and his gospel. Then in chapter 4 and verse 2, 
The Word of God indicates to finish well, we must proclaim Christ and His gospel. Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. So there you have it. To finish well, we can look at 2 Timothy, which is really a treatise, a volume, a handbook on what it takes to finish well. Holding to Jesus and his gospel, suffering for Jesus and his gospel, continuing in Jesus and his gospel, proclaiming Jesus and his gospel. That's a systematic and an orderly way of observing this. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the last chapter of the last book, it seems, that Paul ever wrote, we see some specifics for finishing well. We see four obstacles that might hinder us from finishing well. And we see five keys for finishing well. Four obstacles or hurdles each of us will likely have to face in our lives. But we need to finish strong. We need to work through them by God's grace and by God's strength. And then five keys for finishing strong. We see these obstacles that we might have to deal with, that we might have to face in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, the first of the four obstacles or hurdles is mentioned. And it's loneliness. Loneliness. Six different names are mentioned in 2 Timothy 4, verses 9 through 12. Please notice this as I read. Be diligent to come to me quickly. That's what verse 9 says. Verse 13 says, come, come quickly, come before winter. The idea is later in the chapter. And then Demas is mentioned. But Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. At one time, Demas was a valued co-worker in the cause of Christ. We can see that from passages like Colossians 4 and verse 14 and Philemon verse 24. But somewhere during the course of time, Demas went astray. He went back into the world. He violated the very principles that Peter would speak of in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. After having known the way of righteousness, he went back into the world. Then you'll see another man's name mentioned, Crescens. He's gone to Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. And then we'll see him say, only Luke is with me. There is a sense of loneliness. Luke was truly a companion and great helper to Paul. And as a doctor, Luke certainly would have often been there to help Paul in times of need when he'd been beaten, when he'd been accosted for proclaiming the truth. Only Luke is with me. 
The Bible goes on to speak of Mark, of John Mark, and Paul says, bring Mark, for he is useful to me in ministry. In Acts 13 and verse 13, John Mark had left Paul, departed in the first missionary journey. In Acts 15, there is a dispute that arises concerning whether to take John Mark on the second preaching tour, the second missionary journey. And Paul says, no, the message of God is so great that we can't afford to have men who back out and who behave in an immature manner. Barnabas takes John Mark. Some time has gone by, and a man who had misbehaved and let the cause of Christ down, who had let Paul down, has this remark made about him, bring him. He is useful to me in ministry. Oh, how thankful we should be that we serve the God of the second chance. That after we make terrible mistakes, bad blunders, we say and do things that we should not have done, we fail to say and do what we ought, someone like Barnabas comes along and Paul can recognize the growth and development of John Mark and say, bring him, he is useful. Yes, we all have to deal with loneliness sometimes. Tychicus is also mentioned there in 2 Timothy 4, verses 9 through 12. Sometimes trying to be a faithful child of God might seem awfully lonely. Here's Paul in prison, and yet in his loneliness, in this sense of isolation that he might be having, even though Luke is still with him, he realizes that the cause of Christ must go on and that good men must go and do his will like Titus and Tychicus and Crescens, that there will be those who no longer walk in the paths of righteousness like Demas. And I'm sure that that weighed heavily on the apostle's heart. And so as we think about those who have fallen by the wayside spiritually in this life, our hearts are heavy. We realize that the cause of Christ must go on. And even though we might feel lonely, what's really important is that the cause of Jesus be furthered. As we look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13, there's a second obstacle that all of us will face at some point, and it's called discomfort. Discomfort. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come, and the books, especially the parchments. Paul knew what it was like to be lonely he can relate to the way you and I might sometimes feel, but he also knew what it was like to know discomfort. It might be fitting to ask, what discomfort are we suffering for the cause of Christ today? What uh, difficulty, what lack of comfort might we be going through because we are faithful to Jesus today. 
Here's Paul in prison. And he says, bring the cloak. Bring the coat. He knew that the weather would get colder and I'm sure the nights and the mornings might have been cool for him even then as he was in prison. He was lacking what many of us consider a basic of life, something that we almost take for granted, warmth, warmth. But when you think about that in his discomfort, he also wants the books and the parchments. There's some discussion among Bible students exactly what those terms mean, but I think that the the idea is something like this. The books would have to do with reading materials that he might utilize as a servant of God and read and, and, and help others to grow through his writing. The parchment may well have referred to writing itself, that he could write notes and letters, the epistles. Here was a man who knew his life was about to end, and yet he did not quit. He was facing discomfort. He was facing loneliness. I wonder how many Christians have failed to finish well because of those two hurdles. They were so lonely. They were going through hard, difficult times that were just not comfortable. And as a result, they fell away. I say again, friends that God is even more concerned than we are, that we not just begin the Christian race, but that we finish and finish strongly. Third, when you look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, you can see this obstacle, this hurdle. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, it has to do with opposition or conflict. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, Paul writes. May the Lord repay him according to his deeds. Someone once said that must be a preacher's favorite verse. May the Lord repay him according to his deeds. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6, the Lord is able to afflict those who afflict you. How we need to keep in mind that we will face conflict and opposition, but God will handle things. Alexander the coppersmith, we don't know a great deal about him from the New Testament, but whoever he was, he was a formidable opponent of the Apostle Paul and of the cause of Christ. He did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. And then, verse 15, notice the admonition to Timothy. You also, you must also beware of him. Watch out, be on the lookout for him because he greatly withstood our words. As it concerns the Christian life, we are going to face conflict and opposition at times. Notice the attitude of Paul here and what he's got to say to Timothy and to us concerning finishing well. And then look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16 for a fourth obstacle that Paul had to deal with, and we do too, if we would fight the good fight, 
war the good warfare, and keep the faith. We see in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul has to deal with rejection. At my first defense, no one stood with me. It would have been the nature of the trial at that time for those who were serving as the judge or the judges to say something like this, will anyone stand up for this man? And when that came to be the case with Paul, not one, not one person stood up on his behalf and said he's a good man. He is guilty of nothing except being a child of God and preaching the gospel of Jesus. Rejection. Forsaken. I suspect that there are some that know what it's like to be rejected and forsaken when someone should have stood up for you and said, they're just trying to do God's will. They're just trying to finish well. Now think about those four obstacles that Paul was dealing with and that we share to some degree if we would live faithfully. He had to deal with loneliness. He had to deal with discomfort. He had to deal with opposition and conflict. He had to deal with rejection And now consider this. As great a man as the Apostle Paul was, he was never more like Jesus his Lord than on this occasion. Because the Lord knew what it was meant, what it was like to die and to be lonely. The Lord knew what it was like to go through great discomfort as he bore our sins on the cross. The Lord knew what it was like to undergo conflict and opposition by the very people that he was trying to help, that he was trying to save. And the Lord knew what it was like to be rejected. At this moment in time, the Apostle Paul was never more like Jesus. Now let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and let's consider verses 5 through 8. Because 2 Timothy 4 verses 5 through 8 give us five keys for finishing well. And these are so positive, these are so important that we do God's word a grave disservice. We do our Lord a grave disservice and Paul also if we fail to stress them. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5, there is a word that begins with the letter F in nearly all of our translations, certainly the most reliable ones. It says, fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. Here's a key to finishing well. Fulfill your ministry. Look at your life and think about the ways that God has equipped you, the talents and gifts he has given you, and utilize those gifts as stewards of his grace. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. I know a dear sister in Christ who does the hair 
of widows, of elderly women, and she does it for free, and she does it, and she talks with them about the greatness of Jesus. She has a talent, an ability to serve, to do people's hair, and yet she uses that ability to also speak of Jesus. She's finishing well. She's fulfilling her ministry. As you keep looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 7. And there is another word that begins with the letter F, and it is fight. Fulfill your ministry. Fight the good fight. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. In 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, he tells Timothy, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of life eternal, whereunto you were called and dismayed. The good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The idea is that Christianity is sometimes a struggle. Being faithful, finishing is sometimes difficult. War the good warfare. So says 1 Timothy 1, 18. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of the cross. 2 Timothy 2, 2 and 3. And he says, I have fought a good fight. Fulfill, fight. And then notice again from 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7. I have finished the course. I have finished the course. Fulfill, Fight, finish. How important it is. He was not going to stop short of the finish line. What a wonderful thing it would be if more of us as the children of God would say, I'll see you at the finish line. I have finished the course. Yes, many of us know the grief and the sorrow of dear brothers and sisters who, like Demas, loved the present world. And they had forsaken the Lord. Finish. God is even more concerned that we finish the race than we are. Number four, faith. Faith, I will trust him to the end. Revelation 2 and verse 10. To death. I have kept the faith. That's what he says in verse 7. And there are several different ways of looking at that. I have kept, I have regarded as a stewardship, as a sacred trust, as a gift of God's amazing grace the salvation that I enjoy in Jesus. My apostleship and my ministry, I have been true to what God wanted me to do and be. I have kept the faith. And then, fifth and finally, we see the word finally or the future. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown. 
See that in verse 8? There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give unto me in that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. Think about the future. How imperative it is, how necessary it is to remind ourselves when life gets hard, the obstacles and hurdles seem so great, the best is yet to be. There's a crown laid up for us, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give, not to me only, but to all that love is appearing. Oh, what a glorious thought. There is nothing that we should more greatly desire than to finish well. God did not save us only for us to fall away. God wants us to finish well.